Welcome to the Hyper Fast Show, where we believe unlimited growth in business and life is created by surrounding yourself with people who have been where you are going. Learning from others allows you to compress time and grow hyper fast. And now, here are your hosts, Kerry Shaw and Dan Lesniak. Kerry and Dan are real estate developers, best-selling authors, billion-dollar agents, and million-dollar agent makers. And now, get ready to grow hyper fast. All right. Happy Friday, everyone. We are live on the Hyperfast Agent YouTube channel. We've got a special guest today, Kevin Polka from MVP Equity and Asset Construction. He is a big-time developer, has done big, big buildings. Uh, I'll let him describe some of them more, but welcome to the show, Kevin and welcome to all the listeners out there tuning in live. If you've got questions, please put them in the chat window and we will answer them. So fire away and use this time that you have with someone who's doing real estate investment and development at a big scale, right? Because there's, there's things that that even, you know, you guys starting out or thinking about starting out can learn from someone uh, like Kevin. So welcome to the show, Kevin. Thanks, Dan. Good to be here today. Yeah, why don't you start by uh, just telling the people a little bit about yourself and, and how you got started in real estate and and, uh, and your journey. It's, it's an exciting one for sure. Yeah, it has been. So I've been in real estate for uh, 23 years, uh, 44 years old. I started when I was uh, uh, 18. I bought my first property, which was a, a townhome in, uh, in uh, upstate New York, and uh, I renovated it and uh, ended up renting it out and sold it five years later for a profit. So once I did that, I was hooked. And uh, it was an amazing process. So and growing up in the construction industry, uh, my whole life uh, being a carpenter when I first started, uh, I was just addicted to construction as a whole. So uh, I committed myself to learning throughout my whole life and uh, just ended up working my way up through the field, through different companies and multifamily construction. I moved to D.C. in 2002 because I wanted to be part of this fantastic market that we're in and uh, building high rise projects, uh, large scale mixed-use, uh, eight-story buildings, 15-story buildings, large-scale mixed-use, high-density projects uh, right here in Arlington, Reston, Alexandria, and in D.C. So it's been an exciting process. And then we started our company back in 2008, uh, back when the market dipped out. And uh, we've worked our way up ever since. We fought our way through those hard times. And uh, here we are in 2020 and uh, getting ready to, to, to do some more business. Yeah. So what, what was it like starting a company in 2008, a, a real estate company? Cause that's, that's, it was an insane time. I remember I was, I was transitioning from Florida to DC and man, Florida got whacked during that time, but, but DC stayed strong, but what was it like back then, starting a company during those times? Uh, scary for one word description, very scary, but we, we did it because it was, it, it felt right. Our back was against the wall kind of in a way. And we, we, we took a, oh, I took a hard look at myself at that time and asked what I want to do with myself. Do I really want to go down this journey? And I felt like it was worth the fight. So in doing so, we slowly, slowly built our way up. We were doing retail construction. We were doing all different types of jobs just to bring money in the door. So, but we ended up doing good work for clients, good work for, for our customers. And that translated into more work and growth every year after year after year. 
year and then eventually decided to get back into real estate development. As the market heated up in 2014, 2015, we were building for other clients as a general contractor uh, in D.C., in Virginia, Arlington area. And we decided that, you know what, it's time to put our money where our mouth is and let's get back in the development game. And we did so. We have two, two successful projects in the last 12 to 24 months. Um, the flats at Pierce Court, 12-unit building. Ground up construction, five story building. We were Which the builder developer. Just across the street from just here. Just across the street from here. And uh, was a fantastic product. High end finishes sold out in less than four months. Very happy clients, roof decks, views. Uh, very Arlington product. Very good Arlington product. And then we also did a four unit building in DC in Bloomingdale, wonderful neighborhood. We took one of the only vacant lots available that was left in that area, uh, dug down, and uh, Put in four units there, infill property uh, in, in a beautiful neighborhood. So it was very successful. And we sold those four units in less than two months. Yeah, and I, those, those are both great projects, I know, especially uh, Pierce just across the street. Yeah. And, you know, what I think is interesting about your background is like you, you went through one of the hardest times that, that we've seen in the country in real estate. And I think that's important. Right, for people listening out there or, or, you know, if you're thinking about investing with someone or having them as your mentor or coach, like there's, there's probably a lot of people that have good track records that have been in the game since 2011, 10, 12, 13. And, and really just about anybody who's, who's been investing in almost any asset class, really, not just real estate, but if their track record goes back to 2011, 12, that, that, that doesn't mean like that they're necessarily, you shouldn't do business with them or shouldn't get coached by them. But it means a lot more to me if their track record goes back like prior to 2008, right? Or, or, or during those times, because yeah. a lot of, not to take credit, credit away from anybody, but, but a lot of people could have gotten into almost any asset class or real estate in 2012 and done really well just by, Sure. Just by riding the market, right? Sure. But you know, you started off during like one of the worst times, so I think that's that's important for people to take note of when when you're deciding who should I follow, who should I get advice from, or or do a deal with, right? Like look at look and see if their track record has survived a, a tumultuous time, and and there's been. <laughs> No other greater example than what we saw in those years. Yeah, and, and 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 I like to say sometimes there's not growth without a little pain. So we went through that growth, we went through that pain, and we learned from it. And it made us better people. It made us better at what we do. And uh, we've survived, and we're here, and now we're doing very well. And we've been doing very well for years now. And we're looking to grow. We're looking to bring on new clients and, and new and, and new uh, investors to come into these projects to be a part of what we're building here. Be part of our family. Be part of this adventure that we're going through, and uh, really take hold of it and uh, and learn about real estate. If you haven't been in real estate before, we'd love to bring new new beginners in. Uh, experienced professionals. We work with uh, a vast group of individuals in the, in the market across the sector. So we welcome uh, beginners all the way up to experts, and uh, we have fun with all of them. So just describe the you know you got two different companies, uh, MVP Equities and then Asset uh, Construction, right? Correct. Yeah. Describe what what each of them does and and uh, you know how they're different. Yeah. So Asset Construction is 
typically just a general contractor. And we build projects for uh, other clients other than ourselves and for ourselves as well, depending on the size of the project. So asset goes through and we will go through pre-construction. If a developer comes up to us and says, we're looking at this project, but we don't know what the construction costs are going to be. We will work with that person, that developer, develop a pre-construction budget, help them through their permit process, provide any design assistance or input, value engineering, uh, things to help make their numbers work within reason uh, so that they can get their loan, work with their lender and their bank, get qualified for their bank to, to help that process move along so they can get to closing on their construction funds, get their permit and start building. So we'll go under contract and build multifamily, anything from actually single family residents up to 20 to 50 units. And then MVP Equities is strictly a development company. We acquire land uh, and we entitle the land get it permitted, do uh, massing studies, feasibility studies, and determine the best, highest and best use for that piece of dirt. Uh, and in doing so, we go out and we go out to the marketplace and uh, obtain equity investors. We work with uh, and the lending institutions to develop the capital stack um, to get that project executed. So we work in Northern Virginia. We're working down in Richmond, Virginia and in D.C., and uh, so MVP Equities is more of a developer hat and asset construction is more of just construction hat. What would you say the keys are in, you know, for each one of those? Like if you're in the you know, construction world, like what are the key things you got to look for? And if you're in the uh, developer equity world, what are the key things you got to look for on that side? Yeah, on the construction side, obviously keeping costs to, to a minimum without sacrificing quality. That's one of the big keys when you look and select a general contractor. Who's their personnel on site? Do they have the right superintendent? Do they have the right project manager? What's their track record within that company? Speak to, speak to other clients. Reach out. Do your homework. Make sure that you're vetting these people. You're vetting you're vetting the general contractor. You're vetting the work that they've done in the past um, and making sure that they do quality work. From the developer side, uh, the cliche uh, um, saying location, 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 that's one of the big keys to making a project work. Uh, economics is a big thing. Location is, is key. And uh, making sure there's a need. The marketing studies are done properly. Uh, the massing studies are done properly. So you have the highest and best use for that piece of dirt that you're trying to acquire. What's the, the biggest challenge that, that you've faced? in both of these worlds, construction side, developer side? The construction industry in DC right now is very busy. So maintaining quality subcontractors, quality tradesmen uh, has been uh, a little bit of a challenge, I think, for everybody. Um, so just making sure that uh, the QC is remaining in place and there's no lack on that side of the game. Uh, it's very important to produce a good, uh, a good product. So, so there's more, more demand right now, more activity. So finding good crews is, is probably harder. This is where I think yeah. someone who has a longer track record, more experience, they probably have that network, that relationship, that previous experience, you know, with different subs and, and people that, that I think, you know, you're just going to have some advantages that someone 
new to the game probably doesn't. Right? That's correct. Yeah, we utilize our relationships that we've had. I mean, I, for example, uh, a gentleman from uh, Continental Construction, I've been working with him as a subcontractor for almost 20 years in Northern Virginia. So that says something, you know, we're, we're, he's, he works with us. He'll, he'll bend over backwards for us. Uh, he knows how we work and operate. And in addition, he gives us competitive pricing. So there's a lot of advantages, like you said, to having uh, somebody like us come into the game. And uh, we, we just use that to our advantage uh, big time. All right. What, what about on the developer side? Biggest, biggest challenges that you, you face there? So the developer side is really finding deals that make sense, having good deal flow to bring to the marketplace. We don't want to bring anything to the marketplace that isn't already vetted by us or gone through our stress test of, is this a good deal or not? So we finding the good deals, you know, we'll look at 30 deals a month and may get one deal out of that, that we want to take to the equity markets or, or marketplace. So then the challenge, once you identify the project, and the opportunity, the challenge becomes getting that out to the marketplace, um, getting feedback, raising equity, and uh, finding people to jump on board to uh, to to that particular project. Yeah, I, I think you know any any deal you do as a developer, it, it really there's there's finding the deal, making sure it's a good one, right? There's that phase. The, then there's can you get the capital? Can you get the equity? Sure. The bank financing lined up to do it. Then of course you got the Operational side, which is, you know, we talked a little bit about that on the construction element. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you got to exit it. You need a good sales team yeah. at the end. So you got to have all of those places. I think on the developer side, you, you got to just, you got to be able to generate a lot of leads, right? You got to, you got to get good deal flow and stay disciplined. Cause I think if you don't get enough deal flow, not enough, you know, people bringing you deals. Yeah. And, and, and you lack discipline, you might get tempted to jump on one that, that's, you know, maybe not good or maybe you're making bad assumptions to, sure. to make it look good. Right. Right. Absolutely. And, and never to act out of desperation or from a place of lack. Always act from a place of certainty. So when we when we do that and keep that mindset, it's a mindset and it's it's, it's making sure your worldview is on point with what you just said. And, uh, you know, finding those deals and getting the deal flow. I mean, at any, every given day, I look at sometimes three deals in a day, and uh, which keeps us busy. And uh, it takes a lot of time to go through the numbers and, you know, check check to make sure what's being sent to you is accurate. And what are you, what are you doing to, to generate deal flow? Or, like, how, you, how do you look at three a day? Like, yeah. So where, where do they come from? So we deal with uh, different types of real estate brokers uh, in the industry. We also deal with different architects that will speak to us or we network with, uh, take to lunch once a week. We make sure, I personally make sure I meet with at least one person a day. That I network on a personal level. To us, it's personal. We're a family-owned company. It's a personal thing to us. So we, we that human-to-human -human contact is sometimes a lot better than the social media. And just having those relationships, uh, we talk with architects, we'll get tipped off from an architect or a civil engineer even, that they know somebody that's called them, that's working on a piece of land, you know, maybe reach out in a tax database and do some searching. We have some guys in our office that are kind of boots on the ground that will go out, search the land records and uh, kind of see what's coming up, you know, in and around certain areas that we're looking at. What do, what do you recommend for the the smaller guy that's starting out? You know, they're not looking to do 20 units or even 10 units, but just the, the small mom and pop guy or the guy doing it, you know, as his side hustle. Mm -hmm. 
you know, because you were you were there once yourself. To sure. Be like like, what should those guys be looking at to find find deals? Well, uh, my my experience in my career was trial by fire. If you want to avoid that learning curve, I would encourage them to hire a coach, hire somebody, or partner with somebody that's actually done one deal, and then learn from that deal. Don't go out and try and get rich off of one deal. It, forget about that attitude; it never works. Think about the long term. Think about partnering with somebody that has done it and has been through the trenches and completed a deal start to finish. Design, acquisition, build, and sell. Yeah, that's solid stuff. I mean, I, I think that applies so much more yeah. than just real estate. Like, sure. Yes, you can you can learn by you know the trial and, and error method and 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 just doing it and like no matter how many classes you go to no matter no matter how many books you read at some point you need to just go out and execute and do that's that's where you really learn but if you want to compress time in almost anything you could do like go go get a coach who's who's been there before or or partner with someone who yeah. has like 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 i agree like all the, the best deals i've been in the best really anything i've been in 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 life i've had a experienced partner or or hired someone as a, as a coach that, that that did it before like it, it really just compresses time and it, it makes it makes you grow a lot faster learn a lot faster yeah absolutely i couldn't agree more um you know we we definitely i mean i have coaches not just in real estate but in business and in personal and uh, it helps with personal development if you're solid as a person you develop good habits um there's definitely a lot of books out there you can read but developing good habits to and learning how to collapse time by setting tangible targets every day and then tracking those targets having metrics in place is a huge thing you know being able to understand where you are and what you're doing and how to track it that will let you know and you'd be able to measure your progress and that's something i would highly recommend to most people and again that's not just in real estate you know measure being able to measure your progress as an individual is huge what do you do to measure and track your your progress on you know on projects on anything really like, yeah how do you, how do, you do it uh, on a personal level i mean i journal every day i have i, I keep a written log of what i'm doing i used uh, different types of apps that I uh, track my hit list, my hot list, my done list. Um, and I set what I call one door and four keys every week. So what is the one door I want to open this week in business? Let's say it's in real estate and marketing. I want to find the one deal. What are the four keys to opening that door? So I will develop and write down what those four keys are in my journal or in an app. Um, you can do it in Evernote or uh, whatever app you, you like to use to track your to-do list. And the one door and four, four keys attitude is uh, it's a good discipline to have. And then every Sunday, what I do is I do what's called my general's tent. I put my general's hat on and I return and report to myself. I look and see what I did for the week. And I said, I accomplished this, accomplished this. Did I open the door? Did I not open the door? What is the course correction that I need to do to open that door? And then the week starts over again. So I'm tracking my results through my journal and these tactics of the one door, four keys and general's tent. So every week you're you're writing these these goals down the the one door the four keys and then are you, are you going back to that each day to kind of check in yeah so the at the end of it that's a good point yeah at the end of every day I track or cross off that list if I've done anything so that way on Tuesday let's say it's Monday I cross off the list Monday night before I go home uh, Tuesday morning I'll get up and I'll review my list again go to work 
and I'll attack that list, attack those targets. And then at the end of the day, same thing. I will see if I crossed anything off. So you can course correct on a daily basis. But the return and report every Sunday and kind of getting you ready for your week is very important. Staying organized as an individual and staying organized as a businessman and being able to attack your targets uh, with effectiveness. Yeah, I think that's key in business and, yeah. and in financial goals, personal goals. Like you, yeah. you need those those bigger check-in periods, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're kind of doing month or weekly, but then you gotta you gotta come back every day at the start, the beginning, and 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 look. And the the more often you track, like this is something I learned from Ed Milet recently. The more often you track the more course corrections you can make so mm-hmm. that the quicker you can you can keep from getting really off track yeah like like if you you know he he breaks it down kind of interestingly but like you know a lot of people check in once a year like they yeah. kind of have their goals and they, they check in january and <laughs> yeah you're right you could have a bad year but uh, most businesses check in monthly you do that you could have a bad month but if you start getting it down to weekly and daily you're reducing the amount of time that you can be off track at I think you've got a much better uh, chance of, of hitting your goals. And yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of people have a goal of what's, for example, you know, I, I want to make a million dollars. Well, if you're going to collapse time, you got to be able to track it and bring the fu- bring future results into today by envisioning who that person already is and, and borrowing from the future, borrowing the characteristics of that person and using that in today, in the present, be here now, be present with what you're doing and uh, borrow from that person that you're 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 hunting to become uh, or those goals that you're hunting you know think with the mindset that you already have it uh, I, I hate to use the cliche positive thinking but just you know changing your mindset to to borrowing from the characteristics of that person you're trying to become and you know ultimately it takes 90 days they say to to change habits so you know pick a habit that you're you're you want to change and start working on that habit over 90 days. And then you compound that over a year. The person you're going to become in a year is going to be that much better. So focus on changing habits. It takes 90 days to, to, to change a habit, but pick that, make that your one door, four keys for the first week and start working on it. I mean, that's, that's not a lot of time, right? Yeah. Like, like 90 days, anybody can yeah. do that. Like I used to be on submarines and would be underwater for, close to 90 days so i know like <laughs> you know you can you can work on a bad habit for 90 days like yeah. it's, it's not a long time and yeah. just imagine like if, if you put in three months of work right not a lot of time one quarter 90 days like that could change a bad habit for a lifetime I mean, that could really change your health your wealth your relationships like, yeah. like any of it. it applies to everything yeah it becomes part of your balance and if you do that your results in business are just going to get that much better that much quicker. Hey, that's a great point. We'll get right back to it. But first, I wanted to talk about a problem that so many real estate agents are facing. In fact, nearly 90% of agents are facing this problem. And that's the problem of going out of business. And then most of the ones that do are still struggling. They're struggling to get the results they want. But look, it doesn't have to be that way. I know because it wasn't that way for me. In my first year in real estate, I sold over $22 million in real estate volume. I wrote about it in my best-selling book, The Hyperlocal Hyperfast Real Estate Agent, but I wanted to do something more for the industry. That's why I created the Hyperfast Accelerator Program. Now, I know what you're thinking, not another coaching program, or and I get it. The problem isn't lack of information. The problem is who to actually trust, who to believe, and most professional coaches 
never even sold themselves. So whether you're selling 10 homes and wanna to get to 20, or you're selling 20 homes and wanna to get to 50, we can help, right? We've done it. I've grown my team from 22 million volume to now over 400 million in volume. It's one of the top real estate teams in the country. This is what separates me from most real estate coaches. Like I'm still in the game. What I'm gonna teach you in this program is stuff that's actually working today in my business, all right? What would your life look like if you sold just one more home a month? If that's something you're interested in, if you want to get those types of results, click on the link in the show notes or go to bit.ly slash hyperfastcoach and sign up for a free discovery call. And look, we don't take anyone and everyone, all right? The problem with most real estate coaches is that they do, right? They try to cater to the masses. So we only take a few people on purpose because we want to provide highly strategic, individualized, personalized service to help you get the type of results you want and achieve your goals. Click on the link below, sign up for a free discovery call, and I'll see you soon. What kind of longer term goals do you have? Obviously, you've got the two companies, you're you know, working on a couple different projects right now, one in Arling or one in Alexandria, a couple mm -hmm. down in Richmond. Where, where, do you, where do you think this goes in five years, 10 years? Well, so from, from a standpoint of uh, geographic areas, we're, we're focusing on areas that have high growth. Obviously, Washington, D.C., Northern Virginia has high growth. So we have a project in Alexandria. It's a 10-unit condo building with two retail spaces uh, that we're currently getting ready to, to permit and start construction on. It's a fantastic project location on South Washington Street, right in Old Town, Alexandria. Really good project, old historic building that's gonna be converted into beautiful condos with high-end finishes, two amazing rooftops with 360 views of everything. So that type of product, uh, we, we love those older building projects just because they have a historic element to them. So we're bringing older building back to life. That always excites us. We're also focusing on other areas of Virginia, such as in Richmond, where there's double-digit growth in the economy there. We right now are putting into our pipeline, our development pipeline, our goal is to develop approximately around 600 apartments a year. So we're, we're ramping up our production as a company into what we're putting into our pipeline. Uh, for the long-term growth of the company. So we're focusing on areas, not, not just DC, but also like areas like Richmond that have a lot of potential to grow. So right now is just building a bigger pipeline that can expand how much we're doing, how much volume, and where that's gonna take us in new opportunities in 2021, 22, and beyond and maybe even uh, move into some even larger projects, commercial projects or whatever it may be. But right now, just getting that pipeline flowing and uh, developing some good areas of Richmond and, and DC and, and restoring buildings and things like that that we're really passionate about. Yeah, I mean, if you do the math on that, that's that's gonna be like 6,000 units in a, in a decade. Yes. How are you doing uh, 600 in a year? Like, what does that look like? Is that three buildings? Six buildings, like like what, what kind yeah, of sizes so, are they? So right now you're looking at, uh, right now we have three buildings under contract and each one's about 200 to 224 units on average per, per building. Um, it's a mix of studios, one bedrooms and two bedrooms. Uh, first project is, is right near VCU University in Richmond. So it's near a school and a university as well. 
Uh, so it's, it's strategically located not to be not only workforce housing, but to help with student housing and demand there with the with the universities. So to manage these projects, um, some of the other ones are also market rate projects in areas of Chesterfield County and areas that just really have a demand for housing, quality housing. So to be able to do all that, we're, we're, we're meeting with a lot of people. We're meeting with a lot of investors. We're raising equity. The equity portion is a very important component to this, uh, getting people to, uh, to come on board and partner with us and, and be part of this and gain residual income by investing in projects at extremely solid areas. Uh, again, location, you know, getting them to creating wealth for other individuals, bringing them into our fold and being part of our vision to create wealth for their families. So it's just it's a long term plan. It's not going to be easy, but we definitely have the team in place. We have uh, everyone that works for us, you know, has a lot of experience, 20 plus years at least of experience that's working on these deals, um, you know, analyzing numbers. Our lending partnerships are very strong in the marketplace right now. We have a lot of relationships with quality lenders, guys that want to loan money to us and because they believe in our track record, they believe in our product, they believe in our vision, what we're doing, and they believe in me as the leader of the company. So um, just just giving that belief and, and, and just getting our message out to the public to be part of this. What do you do once, once you have them finished, right? So you obviously got the construction company, so you, you either have great people to you know, manage and build these projects or you know how to find the right people, you know, if, if you outsource it or uh, whatnot. But once it's done, how are you how are you going to manage all, you know, 600 units a year? Right. So depending on our exit strategy for each project, there's there's two things that can happen. Uh, some of the exit strategies are to sell the property off after three years and once it is stabilized. But we work with, you know, just as we partner, I recommend people partnering when they're starting out. We partner with certain management companies that are national that focus on apartment management. So it's not our expertise to manage an apartment. It's our expertise to develop it. So now we're bringing in, again, the right people, the right players with experience that can manage the property for us. They'll handle the rentals, they'll handle the maintenance, they'll handle uh, everything associated with maintaining the property and keeping it rentable. So establishing good relationships with those folks uh, is important. Um, it's all part of our network that we, we've created and just continuing to evolve and making sure that that uh, level of quality is there with the types of companies and the people that we hire and work with. So we will have management companies to manage these portfolios. Uh, and then again, especially if we're keeping them long term. So the option is to keep it long term for 10 years, refinance it at that point, take some equity out and do another project. Once you have a project, one of the great things about real estate is once it has equity, you can leverage that property to acquire other properties. So you can or, take money out without having to pay tax on it. Exactly. Put that to work. Very well said. And we put that money to work. We put people's capital to work. And that's what it's all about And at the end of the day. So um, in some properties, you know, just depending on the economics, uh, there's a lot of companies that may have a tax issue if we, that we know. And they need to put their money somewhere. And we may want to offer to sell to them. Not only just to sell it, but to help a partner out and say, well, take this property, sell it or buy it from us and put your money here, park it, get a tax advantage, and we'll take our money and put it somewhere else. Yeah, I like I like this concept of obviously you're really strong on the developer side, the construction side. That's your expertise. That's your lane. It seems like you're sure. you're comfortable with that, and then comfortable with outsourcing. 
the the management aspect, yeah, uh, which I think is is a good point because a lot of people say like work on your weakness, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think that's some bad advice. It like, is some bad advice because like, like if you're great at finding a property, raising the capital, and, and building, and that's a completely different skill than managing the tenants. Right? Yeah, so, well, it's a completely different skill, and it's the old saying: Do you know what you don't know? And being honest with yourself, you know, doing a, a, a fact assessment of yourself and knowing what you're good at and not good at and avoiding competing commitments. You know, we're good at development and construction. We don't want to make another commitment to property management. And when you have competing commitments, it's fit, it's psychologically proven to bring your production down. And we don't want to do that. We're all about raising our production levels in all areas of our lives. Yeah, I think a lot of people could benefit from applying that concept and like throwing out that kind of old advice of work on your weakness and then yeah. just double down on what you're strong at and yeah. hire the right people or outsource uh, to the right people to, to protect you from your, your weakness and, right. and let their strength, you know, augment your weakness and just get really good at, at, at what you're good at, what you enjoy. Sure. Absolutely. You just, you you have to enjoy what you're doing and you have to know what you can't do. It's that simple. So I, my advice to people is, you know, bring in the right people, bring in the right professionals. It's just like, you know, uh, you know, when you bring in the right subcontractors, it's the same concept, you know, you get what you pay for. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I, I also like, I I like what you're doing in, in the, in the, from the vantage point of, if you think about how many people, you're, you're helping out. Like when you develop a building and rent it out and all of that, like you've got your construction team mm-hmm. that's benefiting from it. Like they've got great jobs along the way. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've got the, the banks that are giving you the money that you're creating value for them. You've sure. got investors that are, that are putting in the equity that now can get truly passive income mm-hmm. from, from real estate. Yeah. Right. Because if, if you go out and you buy, one rental home or two rental homes or a couple like that that's not passive income like you're like that's it's maybe leveraged income mm-hmm. right and leveraged a little bit but you got to put a lot of time in the collect the rent fix things take calls like all of that like like it's hard and, and unless you got enough units like outsourcing that to a property management is going to be tough it's going to eat away yeah. a lot of your profit the numbers don't make sense right really. so so this is like really cool because it provides investors a way to get truly passive income that they don't have to worry about it like their, their hands are off you yeah, know, they, they, yeah. It's, it's truly passive well they're creating money while they sleep and uh that's what better way to to, to create wealth by creating money and upping your bank account while you're sleeping and you know they're having they're investing in a project that is a secured asset your value is is secured by the the equity that we are creating when we're building it and the value that's created uh, the banks that are investing are investing for a reason so i would encourage people you know if they want to make extra money if they want to invest you know this is a great way to do it invest in apartment buildings and invest with a developer that knows what they're doing has a solid track record you can make some uh, you can make some good money there doing it and uh, your your investment is very secure yeah and and so so you got the construction guys you're helping out the banks you're helping out the investors you're helping out then then the management company right you're, this yeah. is like you're creating jobs and work for them. And then at the end of it, you got 
the tenants you're helping out, these people that are, yeah. or the buyer. If We're it's creating homes for them. So yeah. like, like, you know, people need homes, people need a place to live and you're, you're making these awesome places. So it's really cool to, to, to kind of look what, at the entire value chain of any developer, especially ones working on bigger projects, like yeah, just all the lives absolutely. that they touch. It's great it's really point. Cool to, really cool to see that. Yeah, it's a great point. And I, I still think in this, in the United States and all around, there's still a very good need for quality, affordable housing uh, for millennials, for baby boomers that are retiring. There's, there's just a huge need for quality housing. This country continues to grow and, uh, the housing stock is still very old by by trade, and uh, you know providing affordable, brand new quality housing is really, like you said, helping people out down the development chain and the supply chain. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, we'll, we'll probably wrap up in a little bit. Uh, if you guys have questions, uh, let us know. We got any questions yet, Kelsey? No, it's a it's a it's a silent crowd, very attentive, but uh, silent. We must have answered everything that they have you still got a couple minutes though if you want if you want to ask us anything just put it in the chat window there let's let's move on to the hyper fast round so i guess yeah. i like to do this uh just rapid fire questions short answers okay when we get towards the end so. fantastic all right are you ready let's do it all right what is your biggest piece of real estate investment advice for someone starting out Ooh, do your research and hire the right people to help you evaluate the project. Yeah, that's, that makes sense. Like, don't get into a bad deal. What about uh, a seasoned real estate investor? Biggest piece of advice for them? Find the best financial term sheet for the project through your lenders. Good one. What's the biggest mistake you've ever made in real estate? Uh, probably having, taking a loan that was higher interest when we could have gotten a better deal. Um, but we weren't, weren't confident that we could. So we just took what we had. Um, so I would say, take your time, really evaluate it. Don't panic and don't panic. All right. Uh, what is your biggest win you've ever had in real estate? My biggest win was in 2012 in in Washington D.C. We asset construction was named the D.C. Historic Preservation Award winner of the year for a project we designed and built in Capitol Hill. It was an old carriage house uh, in Capitol Hill that we uh, restored, designed into a net zero energy building with solar panels on the roof and geothermal energy. It was really cool and it was historic. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. So. Yeah. If you were starting out today, right, you had had no money or very little money, none of the none of the you know assets that you, you do right now, but you had you had your knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. You had your experience. Uh, what would you do? I would network with like-minded investors or investors or family, somebody that can help you generate some uh, equity or down payment to purchase a piece of real estate. All right, well, uh, thanks for participating in the Hyperfast round. You made Thank it you. through. <laughs> and thanks for being on the show today. Uh, as we wrap up, if, if people want to get in touch with you or learn more about what you're doing, like what's the best way for them to contact you or connect with you on social media or, or 
whatever. Uh, you know, yeah, they can sure. they can reach me at 703-201-5330. You can go to our website at mvpequities.com or assetcompanies.net. And on mvpequities.com, uh, you can look at our current projects that we have out for offerings for investment and see what we're up to every day. It's updated every week. So it's a great, great tool to use to see what we're up to. All right. Well, reach out to Kevin if you guys got questions. Connect with them. Kevin, thank you for being on the show. Thank to you all for our me. listeners out there, viewers out there, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Hyperfast Wealth Show. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hyperfast Show. Subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest Hyperfast shows. And remember, we love reviews. Reviews help us bring better and better guests, improve our shows, and give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time.